Hey guys, it's your boy Chris. Just wanted to put out this little disclaimer before we get into the episode. We recorded this before the Jets and the Panthers made that trade for Sam Darnold. So you might hear us talking about the Jets and Sam Darnold and the Panthers with Teddy Bridgewater. Disregard that. We'll cover all that on the next episode. And for now, I guess just enjoy this one. going on nerd nation it's your boy chris we're back talking some more nfl a couple big moves happened in this past week so we're gonna get into all that for sure i'm joined by my guy Derek compton what's going on hey what's going on chris what's going on nerd nation uh we're just gonna we'll be talking about pro days and draft prospects and draft stock today so hopefully we can kind of give you our take on on where we think certain players are going to go in the draft this year so Definitely uh, keep your ears open and uh, and let us know what you think. Definitely, definitely. But before we get into that, we are doing a giveaway. If you haven't heard by now, go over to our Instagram at AVG Sports Nerds. I made a post. Well, we made a post, I should say. And it's up now. All you got to do is comment. You tag a friend that you think might like the podcast. That's an extra entry into the giveaway. We're giving away a Gary Payton signed 16 by 20 photographs. So thanks for supporting guys and go ahead and get yourself a chance at that picture. Cause it's really nice. We got pictures up there, got a little video talking about it. So keep showing support and keep showing love. And we're going to keep doing things like this in the future, yep. but now for what you actually came for. And that's some NFL talk. The big news of this past week, the dolphins, they made a couple trades moved around in the draft, starting with, trading the third overall pick to the 49ers. The 49ers gave up the 12th overall pick this year, a first-round pick next year in 2022, a first-round pick in 2023, and a third-round pick this year. So that was a lot for them to move up nine spots. Obviously, they're probably looking to get a quarterback, even though they already have Jimmy G. And I know I know you're going to say something about that. I know you're going to say something about that. <laughs> I think we all know where we stand on that one. But I told you so. Start. <laughs> hey, that doesn't mean he's not going to start somewhere else and just keep winning. So I'm not really worried about that. But so. the Dolphins turned around, traded that 12th pick and a fourth round pick this year, along with their first round pick next year, to the Eagles to move back up to the sixth overall pick this year. And the Eagles gave them back a fifth round pick. So all in all, we'll start with the Dolphins. They traded back. And then forward, so they ended up picking up an extra first-round pick out of this and a third-round pick. They had to give up their fourth-round pick, though, but they got a fifth-round back. So they moved back three spots in reality, picked up a first-rounder. What do you think about that for the Dolphins? So I guess they have more of a multiple selections in the first round, which is pretty key. So they have an extra in the third and the fifth, right? Sorry, this whole drafting for this and that just – confuses me sometimes but you said they have an extra third an extra in the first an extra in the third you said an extra in the fifth as well 
Yeah, because they already had the two first round picks this year. So instead of picking okay. a third, they, they get six. Yeah, and then they still have their one pick that's I don't I believe like 17 or 18, somewhere in the middle there. Okay. But so yeah, you're right. Have, yeah, no, go ahead. No, they, they still have multiple picks in the first round. So yeah, you know, you have to lose really. I mean, you have a decent team already and you have two first round picks. That alone right there, you're gonna do some damage. At least you'll have some help in the rookie department. And then you have a few late round picks too. That's very key. You know, a lot of people kind of overlook the later rounds, but you can find some really pivotal role-playing players in those rounds. Special teams players kind of help you move the ball, just kind of give you a little more at a little more depth. You know what I'm saying? So definitely. You know, the Dolphins, man, they're really set up to really have some good years behind them if they draft the right way this year. They haven't really been a, a franchise known to make horrible draft picks. So I can see them capitalizing off of this. And I'm excited to see what Miami's going to do. You know, we've we've been talking about Miami, you know, Miami, who are they going to get in free agency? And now that they've kind of benefited in the draft trade department, it's really starting to pan out for them. So that's pretty exciting. San Francisco, obviously, they're going for their QB. Or, I mean, there are a lot of different outlets that I'm seeing Kyle Pitts going number two. Well, from the NFL Instagram page, that's where I saw their projections as Kyle Pitts going number two. So you that would be, be huge. Right. You know, San Francisco could be sticking with Jimmy G and adding that fresh rookie tight end who is a complete monster. They say he has the longest wingspan in any receiver in the past 20 years, and he's 6'5", running a 4'4", That's pretty remarkable. That's like a rare talent to be finding at the tight end position, especially with the game transitioning to putting a lot more workload on the tight end position. And Kyle Shanahan, a great offensive mind, he might be up to something there in San Francisco, something that no one's really going to expect. So San Francisco, keep an eye out for them. Yeah, definitely. I wanted to talk about that for a second. Kyle Pitts, man, he's looking great. I don't think I can remember a time where I looked at a tight end as being a top five pick. I know Kellen Winslow Jr., way back when got picked in the top five to the Bucks, But I never really thought that guy was all that. I thought a lot of it was because of his dad being one of the greatest tight ends of all time. But same this guy, team. say again? Same team too, right? Weren't they in the same team? Chargers? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think he did end up on the Chargers at one point. But yeah, Kyle Pitts, man, like you said, 6'5". He's running a 4'4". I just want to pretty much echo everything you said. The offenses nowadays using the tight ends because he's going to be a mismatch in the league, man. You can't put a corner on him because they're going to be too small. He's just going to kind of box him out and get open. He's fast enough to run away from linebackers, safeties. I just don't see how he's not going to be good. And like I said, this is the highest touted tight end I think I've ever seen because Gronk wasn't that high coming out. Travis Kelsey, he wasn't that high. It took him like three or four years to even crack the rotation, it seemed like. So I really think this draft is going to be amazing, especially with all the opt-outs we had. A lot of teams didn't play as many games. So who knows what the evaluation process is looking like. I'm just excited, man. I do think the 49ers are going to pick a quarterback, though, personally. That's just my gut feeling on it. It's definitely more than possible. It's one of those things where you can kind of – take a gamble on what they're going to go for but like i said this tight end like we're, you know we've been talking about kyle pitts he's uh he's one of those once in a generation kind of player like chase young for example 
last season. He's that once-in-a-generation caliber of a player where you just had to take him number two. You had to. You don't really see defensive ends going number two in the draft. You don't see tight right. ends going in the draft. But he's that rare of a talent that you could probably see a team prioritizing that need for just a rare breed over trying to find a franchise quarterback. Sometimes that just happens. You got to make an investment. You got to make a, take a gamble. You got to find that player that can be the face of your franchise or that's going to generate a lot of hype or it's going to make those big plays. Because like you said, Jimmy G wins games, right? And put yeah. a player like Kyle yeah. Pitts at, you know, on your roster. Let's see what else he can do more than just win games. Let's see what kind of stats he can put up with this guy. Yeah, and I didn't even think we considered that they have George Kittle already. That would be crazy having two tight ends of that caliber. That would be like, like, yeah, like you said, like New England, Gronk and that guy. (laughs) That guy guy who will not be named. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) but uh, from the same school, mind you. But, Eh? But, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, like, let's say, um, you know, that type of offense is being formulated right now in San Francisco. I like it, man. I like that theory. So I'm very curious to see what happens in, uh, what is it, April 15th, I believe, is when the draft is. Don't quote me on that. but I can look it up real quick. April 29th. April 29th. Okay. okay. Yeah, no, that's going to be an exciting day. It's like New Year's for – NFL fans, so yeah, I was definitely. gonna say, especially the nerds like us, man, the guys who are really digging deep right now, looking mm-hmm. at prospects. I'm watching film as if I'm like a GM or something. I got some decisions to make, man. I'm over here watching highlight tapes, and it's yeah. fun, man. I'm down notes. Yeah, it's definitely exciting. And like you were saying, it's a it's one of those drafts that are kind of showing where where the game is going. I like right. how Kyle. Going number two, there's a lot of hype generated around them. You know, you're seeing another player that I think is going to do some real, real good damage is Sertain from Alabama. Oh, um, yeah, Patrick Sertain. I'm not I sure if I'm his, saying it right. <laughs> I know, yeah, no, it's Patrick Sertain. He is a monster. He's definitely, they're comparing him to Charles Woodson. I've actually heard someone uh, compare him to Charles Woodson. So it's like, you know, I don't, I don't know how much of that's going to be true, but, I mean, that sounds like a DB that could potentially go to Washington. I've heard rumors I don't about know if he's going to drop that far. We, I think we'd have to go up and get him. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I've heard rumors about Dan Snyder wanting to trade up and get him, and that'll just complete our, our defense right there. Like, we would be completely set on the defensive side of the ball, but I don't see why that would even be. Yeah, I don't think that's priority. necessary. Yeah. I don't see why that would be a priority, but I did hear a rumor. I forget where. It was probably just a theory, but he's definitely one of those players, too, that's that's worthy of people trading up for. So it's an exciting draft, especially for people that know what you know what's going on. Yeah, um, definitely. To that point, man, Patrick Sertan, his father was a beast in the NFL, too. So good pedigree there. You know he's been getting trained hard NFL level for probably his whole life. So I do think he's going to be another good one for sure. We could talk about him a little bit more. We got a couple mock drafts here that we were going to talk about. And this one from CBS, and I've seen a lot of others, got Sertan going to the Cowboys at number 10. So hopefully it doesn't happen because I really like that guy. But I think that would be a good pick for them. Yeah, 
Definitely. They they certainly do need it. They don't have any type of player there. I would hate to see him go there because I don't see any type of discipline going on in that franchise as far as, you know, I feel like I say this every week. Whenever we talk about Dallas and players going certain places and Dallas right now is that cesspool is that, well, that's a potential place for a career to die. Especially on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. McCarthy has no control over his team. There's no unity in there. There's no leadership. I mean, you have Dak. Don't get me wrong. I think Dak is is the leadership there. But there's no coaching to bind it all, all together. McCarthy just looks like he's strung out. Like after Green Bay, he just went through a bad breakup, hadn't recovered, and he's just on the sideline, like trying to remember what he did in Green Bay. I don't know. It's it's kind of confusing, you know, me watching him in a Cowboys uh, uniform, but. Even throughout the season, there was reports of players talking about McCarthy's unprepared and there's just no control. There's no stability, blah, blah, blah. So it's Dallas is kind of scary, man. Whenever I hear they're going to go and draft this guy, I'm thinking, oh, poor guy. You know, he's going to, to Dallas to start his career. That's just that's going to be horrible. So I hope he doesn't go to Dallas, in my humble opinion, because I like Sertain. I want to see what he can do. And. I don't think they're going to be able to to get much out of him or the most out of him if he goes to Dallas. So Yeah, I kind of agree with that for sure. Personally, I never thought Mike McCarthy was that great of a head coach. When you're given two quarterbacks like Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers and you only pull out one Super Bowl in about 10-plus years, that's not that great to me. These are two of maybe the top 10 quarterbacks of all time. I feel like Aaron Rodgers was the leading factor on that team. When Mike McCarthy left, the team got better. They've been 13-3 and every year since. They weren't doing that when he was there. Even when they won the Super Bowl, they were the sixth seed and got hot. And it, honestly, it took a little bit of luck. They were on the ropes against the Bears and Jay Cutler. So I never believed in Mike McCarthy. I think the Cowboys, like you said, I think they're going nowhere fast. But they're America's team, so you turn on the TV, you're going to hear about them. There's going to be people making bold predictions and the Cowboys are Super Bowl contenders. And that's all just a bunch of bull, man, really. like They say this every year. They've won, what, two playoff games in the last 25 years? Like in our lifetime, they've won two playoff games. But every year we got to hear about them being Super Bowl contenders. And I'm sick of it, man. People got to be realistic and stop being fans all the time. Right. And that's only because they're the, the only – the most recent dynasty, I would say, in the NFC East. So they think, oh, we have, every year we have a shot at the playoffs because every other team sucks, basically, is what they, it's how they feel. Right. They're still riding off that last dynasty they had, and they were the last dynasty. It's just annoying, man. It's really annoying. I really feel like Washington's, it's Washington's time to take over on that reign. There was a meme I was uh, – I hope you're right. At. Yeah, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you. I really feel it. But there's this meme I was uh, looking at. Because the the schedule change for the NFL, they added an extra week to the schedule, so it was like it was a picture of a Dallas Cowboys crowd cheering because there's now Cowboys can't go eight and eight anymore. <laughs> eight eight and one. They'll be eight eight. They'll be eight eight. Don't worry. <laughs> Don't worry. Eight eight one. Perfect. But yeah, we can actually talk about another team in our division, the Eagles. They were the third part of that trade, like we said. Essentially, they moved back from the sixth pick to the 12th pick, and they picked up 
an extra fifth round pick, I believe, and a first round pick next year. So solid trade, I guess. Or no, it's a fourth round pick. Excuse me. They picked up a fourth round pick this year and an extra first round next year. So with that and the Carson Wentz trade, if the Colts do all right or if Carson Wentz starts, the Eagles probably have three first round picks next season. So I think it was actually a good trade. I know I talked to Alex. Obviously, we all know he's an Eagles fan. He was very upset. He actually posted something on his Instagram at Alex T. Nix, if you want to follow him, actually. But he actually posted something on his Instagram, and he was saying that he was upset. They had a chance to get one of the star premier wide receivers in the draft, either Jamar Chase or Devontae Smith. He seemed to be super upset about it. I feel the complete opposite way. I think that it's a great move, actually. I think at six, unless they were going to get Kyle Pitts or an offensive lineman, which they actually probably could have got an offensive lineman, Heck, they still might be able to get one at 12. So I personally don't like taking receivers that high unless it's like Megatron or somebody, but I don't see that in these guys. Jamar Chase didn't even play last season. I know he was amazing the year before with Joe Burrow, LSU, but I don't see it, man. First round receivers in the last, I went back 10 years and the hit rate was the lowest out of every position in the NFL So I like what the Eagles are doing. I think it's going to be a rough season this year, but if they get three first round picks next year and they're not that good this year and they're picking pretty high with one of their picks, I think the Eagles might turn this around quicker than most people think. I completely agree with you. You know, as much as I don't, I don't like our division rivals. I have to say they're setting themselves up to a nice plethora of picks there next year. And that's actually really scary. You know, like you said, I don't see Jamar Chase being worth a top 10 draft pick. I just, I don't see, besides Kyle Pitts, I don't see any receivers. Devontae Smith, I could say he probably will be worth it on paper, but will he even produce as much as being a top 10 draft pick? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. And Jamar Chase, he's, and I look at him, he's solid, but that's just what he is. He's solid. He's not remarkable. So it's just like, for Philly to do that, to say, you know, we'll take a backseat on the draft this year. Smart decision. Let's reload on some draft picks. Let's see what we can do and see what we can get out of the later round picks this year. See what we get in the first round this year at 12. Just see what Jalen Hurts is made of. You know, let's let's see what he can do, how he can operate. And also getting your front office together and getting coaching together and whatnot, kind of getting the chemistry and the culture before you go out there and, and you you start racking up on new draft picks. They have a lot other a lot of other priorities to think about during this offseason than just going out there in the draft and gambling on a player just because he has a big name. Just because he's top three in his position this year doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean a damn thing. We all know that just because you're ranked high your position this year means nothing. You know what I'm saying? So um, exactly. smart move on for Smart move on Philly to just kind of load up on first round for next year and kind of take a backseat this year because there's really not that much talent at their needs. You know, they went first round for Jalen Rieger, and what did, what happened with that? You know what I'm saying? They still right. have yet to see what – The year before that, so, in the second round, they picked Artega Whiteside over DK Metcalf. And people yeah. at the time were like, what are you guys doing then? So right. I don't understand why people want them to just continue to try to take receivers – and hope that one turns out good. 
the rest of the team is not very good. I could see if they had a ready-made team and they're like, oh, all we need is some weapons. But the offensive line has been injury prone the last couple years. They definitely got to improve that. The O-line's old. They have no linebackers at all. Like no relevant linebackers on the roster. Brandon the, Grant. Yeah, but he plays more of like a pass rusher role, you know. Yeah. They don't have any linebackers that's going to be covering tight ends. Right. They don't have any secondary, really, now that Malcolm Jenkins is gone. It's just not looking so good for them this season. So, yeah. I personally, I think you got to build from the inside out. You got to start in the trenches, man. That's where games are won and lost. And I don't care what anyone says. We saw what happened in the Super Bowl. You can't tell me the Chiefs don't have the best weapons in the NFL. And without their offensive tackles, they couldn't get it done. They didn't even score a touchdown. We're talking about one of the best offenses in NFL history, not just the NFL this year, but NFL history. And they couldn't even score. So build it up from the offense, from the inside out, man. Yeah, 100%. 100%. It's like, you know, you're buying a new home and you're going to flip a house and you decide to go put a back porch in there first before even checking electrical. You know, it's, it's, it's like those little things. You got to build the infrastructure to actually hit the ground running. So I, I like what Philly's doing. I hope it doesn't work out for them, but, you know, I do like what they're doing. <laughs> exactly. I kind of touched on it with the offensive linemen, and maybe you guys can hear it. I am a little upset with some of these mock drafts I've been seeing. It's been crazy to me. I see all the linemen falling and falling down the draft. ESPN, Todd Michet is one of the mock drafts we're looking at tonight. He has Penny Sewell as the first offensive lineman off the board, number 13 to the Chargers. And right behind him, Rashawn Slater, the offensive lineman you were talking about the other day from Northwestern, going 14 to the Vikings. Those are the first two linemen. And I think that's ridiculous, man. This guy, Penny Sewell, before the season, was being rated as the best offensive lineman, a top five pick, slam dunk pick. He opted out this season. He didn't even play. So I don't understand how he's just continuously moving all the way down when every team in the league can use offensive linemen. I want to get your thoughts on that. That just happens, man, because when you're looking at players' pro days and they just wow you, you know, at the skilled position, that just happens, man. An offensive lineman just takes a backseat all the time. Like a lot of these, as you've noticed, the offensive linemen keep going down. And the skilled players keep going up. What are you seeing on mainstream media? You're seeing guys running four threes and four fours and benching 30 on the on the bench and, and hitting a 42-inch vertical. And you know, it's just like yeah. you want guys like that on your team. Point so blank. It's like, so it's 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 easy for the skilled position players to to grow in draft stock and the big men to decrease in draft stock. It's just you know, it's just human nature. They ain't on the big guys. Guys. It's, yeah, hate on the big men, man. They, 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 they're easily forgotten. They're just lost in the trenches. It's sad, but, you know, whoever whoever grabs Panay Sewell or Rashawn Slater, they've got them for a while. But I guarantee you, five years from now, everyone's going to forget what team they, they were drafted to. I guarantee it. Guarantee exactly. It. And I feel like the play. less you hear a Libes day, the better they are, because that means they're not getting beat. Exactly. They're not committing penalties. Right. So if you don't hear about a guy, he's probably very good. <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure that's messed up man it's so yeah it's, up, the, it's the complete wrong way man nobody respects right. it right that's what gets you so much respect is because offensive linemen aren't out there for the notoriety those are the real freaking men 
on then on that field because they're not out there for the clout. They're not out there to create a brand for themselves. They're out there to play football and knock someone's head off, play in and play out. So it's yeah. the greatest position. Yeah, for sure. For sure, man. Big respect to the big guys. Both sides of the ball, really, because the defense alignment too, man, you're just lighted up knowing as soon as the ball is hiked, you're about to hit another big man as hard as you can, and he's going to hit you as hard as he can. A lot of those times, D linemen aren't even playing to make a play on the ball per se, because really what they're doing is they're just filling the gap. Yeah, play your responsibility. Play responsibility. Yeah, you see the ball going that way, but you got to maintain your gap. You don't let go of this. You know what I'm saying? Like, you could – you could hit a swim move if you want, but that's not what the that's not what this uh, defensive play is asking you to do. You stay on the line of scrimmage, you don't move, and that's you know. So both sides of the football, both linemen are there to play their position. They're not out there to make plays. They're not out there to 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 do more than what they're asked. So the linemen are definitely the most undervalued player on the team, hundred percent. For sure, for sure. I guess from there we could talk about the most valued player on this team, and that's the quarterback. A lot of these mock drafts got as many as five quarterbacks going in the top 10. This is crazy to me, man. Obviously, we all know Trevor Lawrence. He's going number one. They might as well have already made that pick as soon as the season ended. So we don't really have to talk about him too much, I guess. But after that, these next four quarterbacks, I'm having trouble ranking them for myself personally. You got Zach Wilson out of BYU, Justin Fields out of Ohio State, Mac Jones from Alabama. And then the wild card, Trey Lance from North Dakota State. Any, yeah, bring, talk about any of these guys. Who do you think is going to be the best, really, out of them? Yeah, obviously, Trevor Lawrence. That's self-explanatory. Right. Exactly. He had a stellar pro day. Uh, wowed a lot of people. It even put it even grew his draft stock even further, putting him in the top three in a lot of mock drafts I've been looking at. People are talking about Justin going uh, – I'm sorry, Trevor Lawrence going number one. I haven't even seen one with Zach Wilson going number two. It's ridiculous. So he had he did have a remarkable pro day. It helped him out quite a bit, having those throws on the run from hash mark to hash mark. It's unbelievable what he did at that pro day. So I'm excited to see what he can do. As far as Justin Fields, Trey Lance, I didn't even see Mac Jones on the top 10 on the last mock draft that NFL Network put out. He wasn't even on the top 10. Which was which is crazy. However, they had Trey Lance above Justin Fields one after the other, which to me is a little bit of a gamble because Mike, you know, we were talking about this one episode, the one game that he played, what did he throw like two or three interceptions? Yeah, two touchdowns, two picks. He only played one game this year. Right. Against a subpar team, too. You know, yeah. And and Justin Justin Fields having a, a full season this year. And not only a full season, but actually but get, being in the uh, in the playoffs is, in my opinion, enough to put on a resume to have you higher than a candidate like Trey Lance, in my opinion. Trey Lance is, like you said, the wild card. How would you have him going above Justin Fields? It's almost like he's he's a gimmick. You know, he's just a gimmick of a pick. You're not picking him for what he's really worth. It's more or less like, man, you know what? If he's potential. Yeah. If he actually does something in this league, then we're going to be the ones that were right. Kind of what people are looking at it as. And it's not they're not looking at what has he done. So Justin Fields, I think, deserves a little bit more notoriety as far as a, a draft pick this year. He's being well overlooked, which, you know what, that's putting a chip on his shoulder. I can guarantee you he's going to come out shooting. 
whoever picks him, he's going to come out slinging every, every time he, every opportunity he gets. So I'm definitely excited to see what he's going to do and his respective team and all the QBs. Really. I feel like there's a, a nice little tight race going on. Trevor Lawrence leading the pack. But the one I'm definitely excited for that we're potentially going to pick is Mac Jones. I want to see what he can do. Alabama's never been able to put out a decent QB in the NFL, at least none that I I can remember. But he seems like he's well-coached. He seems like he's very well-disciplined. He's played behind two very good quarterbacks who are now starters in their franchises, Jalen Hurts and Tua Tagovailoa. So there's that pipeline right there. Hopefully he was able to learn right and wrong playing in a very tight-knit program, a very tight-knit system, more or less. So hopefully he can translate that to the NFL and come to Washington. Add another candidate there in the training camp to add a little bit of controversy to our quarterback position. So Mac Jones, I'm really excited to see see what he can do. I ho- hopefully he comes to Washington because I think he should come. You know, I really think that that'd be the best pick for us. Going number 15, I think that's reasonable for his resume, in my opinion. I don't want to burst your bubble here, but the two mock drafts we got, at least the ones that I'm looking at right now, ESPN, Todd Michet, and then CBS, they both got the 49ers taking Mac Jones at three. I think if we want Mac Jones, the Washington football team that is, we're going to have to move up, and we're going to have to move up a lot. So I personally, I don't think that's going to happen, and I don't want us to move up. Honestly, I don't want us to trade first-round picks or anything like that. So we'll see what happens with that. I don't disagree with that one. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that that's a false piece of information, but I don't see Mac Jones being a top five talent, period. He's not stellar. He's All not it takes stellar. is one team. I mean, but if you look at it, though, think about it that he way, but maybe think- had the best quarterback season in college football history last season. His numbers are right up there, if not better than what Joe Burrow did the year before. Hey, I think Mac Jones could be good, but personally, I don't think he's going to be that good just because, like you said, Alabama doesn't usually put out good quarterbacks. And for me, it's hard to go to Alabama and be bad. You have a track team full of wide receivers. Every receiver pretty much a starts is going in the first round. The first round offensive lineman, Najee Harris was the running back. He's probably going to go in the first round. So, yeah, all that talent around him. I think Mike Jones is, if anything, he'll be like an average quarterback, like Kirk Cousins type. But I don't see him being like a superstar. That's ultimately what I'm saying is because I don't see Mac Jones going in the top, even in the top 10. Oh, I think somebody taking that chance. I don't see it, man. I don't see it. If you think about it, what teams in the top 10 really need a quarterback like that besides the ones that are going to pick the more obvious one? I have Justin Fields going before uh, Mac Jones. I even have Trey Lance going before Mac Jones. That's why I still think they'll all go in the top 10. I think five out of these 10 picks – at least it might be five out of the top seven or eight. I think a lot of these teams are going to go quarterbacks. I'm looking at it right now. We got, obviously the Jaguars are taking Trevor Lawrence. You got the Jets who, who knows what they're going to do, honestly. I've been seeing reports that they're going to take Zach Wilson. I've been seeing reports that they're going to keep Sam Darnold. So it's the Jets. Like I feel like they don't even know what they're going to do yet. So they might take a quarterback. They might not. I think the 49ers traded up. They're probably going to grab a quarterback because why else would you trade three for you traded two extra first round picks to go up nine spots. That's a quarterback type trade to me. The Falcons. I don't know if they're going to take a quarterback. The Bengals. Obviously they're not going to take a quarterback. The Dolphins probably won't. The Lions probably won't. 
And then eight, nine, and ten is the Falcons, or you know, eight is the Panthers, nine is the Broncos, and ten the Cowboys. So I can see the I can see both the Panthers and Broncos taking one, along with those first three teams, like I mentioned. So it's tough. And then I think if somebody else wants one, they're gonna move up and take them because they probably think in the same way I'm thinking that they're not gonna be there by the time we pick. And we can't take that risk if we actually like the guy. So, well, that's the thing. It's tough. Is, you know, Mac Jones definitely isn't worth trading up for. I'll tell you that right now. He's not worth trading up for. We'll see. I don't think so, but he could be. The Panthers and the Broncos, I could see the Broncos maybe, you know, looking for their guy. Panthers, I feel like they have other needs that they need to address in the first round. They do have Teddy Bridgewater right now, right? Perfect bridge quarterback. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, for real. Let's code on to him and let's address other team needs. I, I think that's the way North Carolina uh, – North Carolina. Carolina is going to go. Denver, you know, I can see them being more of a candidate to selecting a QB. Oh, if uh, one of those top five get to Denver, they have to pick one. You can't go back yeah. in the season with Drew Locke. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, that's a bad idea. That's a really bad idea. They Heck, they might even trade up. They need a they quarterback. They just might. I mean, could that even be a pick with the with the Jets? Jets might want to do that. Might want to rack up more picks, you know, because they do have a very young quarterback. Sam Darnold, you know, a lot of improvement to make up on, and I don't think his time has necessarily run out on proving whether or not he belongs. So why not take a few extra picks? And if Sam Darnold doesn't play well this year, then look at all those picks we have, you know? So Yeah, and they already got a good amount of picks to start with so that would be a move why not trade down trade back to a team that's desperate for a qb right now like denver and that kind of takes them out of the qb need race that erases one team completely out of the top five who knows man but all i know is there's definitely quite a few players that deserve to go number 10 and they're not all qbs and it's it's not even half of them that are going to be qbs there are a lot of that's for sure first round a lot of uh, other talented players, offensive linemen, DBs, linebackers, wide receivers, plenty of players from other positions that deserve to go in the top ten. You know, we'll see, man. It's it's going to be a crazy day in New York. For sure. Where is it? Uh, I'm not 100% where they're at this year. I know they're back in person, though, for sure. I saw that. I don't think it's going to be New York, though, because I remember the last time, wasn't it in, like, Nashville or something? Yeah, they've been oh, doing it in, a, in different cities now. I know a few years ago, they the first one that was, wasn't was in New York, they had it in Chicago, I think. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I think I'm, they're going to have Tennessee. I don't know. Yeah, they're saying Cleveland. I just looked. Okay, Cleveland. So, yeah, um, all right. So, I guess before we move off the draft, I do want to get one name, though. Out of those four quarterbacks, obviously not including Trevor Lawrence, Who's going to be the best in NFL? Let's call some shots here. As far as draft picks, who's going to, who's going to win rookie of the year? Or not, just those four quarterbacks. Like, Who do you see having the best career between Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, and Trey Lance? Hmm. Besides Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, obviously we, everybody's going to pick Trevor Lawrence. I was going to say, I definitely like Zach Wilson a lot. I like Zach Wilson a lot. You know, before we got on the air, yeah, a lot of you are going to kill me for this. But I'm saying a lot of – Zach Wilson's style of play reminds me of Patrick Mahomes, the way he can throw on the move and just sidearm it. He has a rocket for an arm. And mind you, people overlook Patrick Mahomes throughout his college career. 
Definitely. Even though he still went the first round because NFL scouts know what they're looking for. And Zach Wilson's draft stock has slowly been creeping up and up and up. And ain't nobody heard of Zach Wilson going into this season. And they just barely recognized who he was leaving this season. You know, it's it's really up for grabs as far as who's going to be the best QB. I think it'll be Zach Wilson. Yeah, definitely. I definitely want to agree with you, too, just because obviously Zach has an amazing last name. Uh, Only great people could tout that last name. So, yeah, I do want to agree with you. I hope he's good, honestly, for that reason. But I got to go with my guy. Been rooting for him for a few years now. Honestly, ever since high school, he was on that show QB1. Thought it was a good show. And that's Justin Fields. He was the number one quarterback coming out of high school. At his pro day this week, he ran a 4-4-4-40. It's a lot of fours, but 4-4-4 for sure. That's the fastest in the last, I think, 10 years other than RG3. And, well, Mike Vick was way before that. But I think in the last 10 years, the fastest for a quarterback other than RG3. So I think he's got a lot of potential. But for him, to me, it depends on going to the right system. And it could look really bad if a team isn't willing to use him in ways that suit his skill sets. But it could also be really good if team's going to use him outside the pocket. A little bit of read option. Not too much, though, obviously. You don't want your quarterback getting banged up too much. But just change of pace. And I think he can really throw it, man. I think his arm and accuracy is very underrated. So we'll see what happens with that. But I do think Zach Wilson right now is probably a safer pick. But yeah. I got to call my shot. 100%. No, I like Justin Fields, too. And I've always been an Ohio State fan since freshman year of high school. So I always root for the Ohio State quarterback. Just Ohio State player in general, besides Ezekiel Elliott. Dwayne Trashkins. And, yes. Yeah. Oh. But that was that was the year I really didn't watch Ohio State. Never liked the guy. Dude, he was um, dominant, though. That one season that he started, he was cooking. But I mean – I, I just didn't watch Ohio State football, like college football that year. And it was just like, he was the guy there. And it just, he didn't attract me to to want to watch him. I don't know. It was just, it was weird. But um, obviously you were right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just, I'd never liked Dwayne Haskins. And when we got him, it was like, okay, cool. You know, we got a quarterback and we got a defensive. We have two picks in the first round. Might as well. You know, It's a good thing we had that other one to get sweat. <laughs> oh, man. Montez Swat. But, you know, going back to Justin Fields, you know, I definitely want to see him do well. Ohio State, go Buckeyes. He has a lot of potential, very athletic. So hopefully he does Hopefully he does something good. Can't wait to see what type of uh, ability he has and how he's able to translate that to the NFL. So definitely excited about him. 100%, bro. And obviously, like we said, the draft's coming up at the end of this month here in April. So we're going to continue covering that as we move closer and closer. I'm sure we're going to talk about more players we like, maybe some later round sleepers that we've been looking at, some guys that we saw in college last year that maybe are flying under the radar right now. So stay tuned. We're going to get into all that in these next coming weeks for sure. But for right now, we got to talk about a few signings that happened around the NFL this week. It wasn't really too much noise. Obviously, we're about three weeks in now to free agency, so... Most of the big names, they already signed. We already know where they're going. But some of these pieces are, you know, the glue that puts a team together, puts them over the hump, maybe makes a mediocre team into a playoff team or something like that. So I guess we could start with the defending champs. They are doing what they've done all offseason. They brought the last piece back 
the last starter that is from the Super Bowl team. That's Leonard Fournette running back. Big games in the playoffs. They were calling playoff Lenny for a reason. This is the first time that the team won the Super Bowl and returned every starter since the 1979 season. So that's what, like 40 years ago? We keep asking the same question every week. Do we think they're going to repeat? I don't think we need to beat <laughs> that draw anymore, but what are your thoughts on just this move specifically? As far as Leonard Fournette, it wasn't probably the biggest priority. I think it's just it's literally just to keep chemistry. I feel like they just want to have the same group of guys in there, bring everybody back, still riding that wave and riding that high off winning a Super Bowl together. And, you know, hey, let's all come back again next year. Let's all take pay cuts and, you know, let's all just keep the band back together. You know what I'm saying? And I get it. I get it. Will it happen? Has it happened, really? Has this ever happened before where a Super Bowl team has kept every single starter on the roster? I don't think that's ever happened before. And definitely not in the free agency era. My average sports mind, I don't know if that's ever happened before in my life. So we're going to see it happen for the first time in an obvious way. So really can't answer that. I hope so. I guess, you know, it's, it's like you would want it to, right? Like, hey, Let's get the whole winning squad back together. Let's win it again. Especially with Tom Brady, it's more than likely going to happen because Tom Brady's been there, done that. He's not that type of guy to be phased off of winning a Super Bowl because he's done it several times already. I remember the one time where they won the NFC Championship and players crying on the field. And he's like, what are you crying for? We ain't done nothing yet. The job ain't finished. The job ain't done. That's the kind of leadership that I think these players are coming back for. So... This is a whole different type of animal here. This is a Tom Brady team. So I won't count them out. You can't count them out. Definitely I mean, not. There's a reason why these players are coming back. Because Tom Brady's there. That's really the reason. 100%, bro. And to that point, man, I'm glad this is happening. Because like you said, it, it really hasn't happened before. The stat says it happened in 1979. So I believe that was the Pittsburgh Steelers way, way back in the day returning all the starters. but. That was way before free agency, before guys were realizing that, hey, I can go out, sign another deal with another team, make more money. So obviously that didn't happen in this case. And they ended up being able to pay a lot of the guys pretty much close to, if not what they would have got out there somewhere else. So I think it's a good move for everybody on the team to return, obviously, and run it back. And like you said, it's kind of like an experiment, really, because we haven't seen it before. And if they win it again, is this going to happen more in the future? Are players going to decide, hey, we should all come back because we're a good team? And I hope so, man, because in the NBA, it seems like that's what happens. NBA has a soft cap as opposed to NFL, which has a hard cap, meaning you can't go over the salary cap in the NFL no matter what. NBA, they have exceptions so you can re-sign your players. So a lot of times the championship teams do come back. And I kind of like that. It's like. The Bucs this year will be defending the championship. And it's not like, oh, they got a new linebacker or they got a new wide receiver. And when they lose, we can be like, see, they downgraded at these positions. No, it's going to be, can a team that won the championship last year come back, all the same players, and win it again? And if that's the case, we got to say they're the best team in NFL for sure. Because I know a lot of people made excuses about Pat Mahomes not having his tackles. People made excuses for a lot of the teams that the Patriots beat. The Saints, Jerry Cook fumbled the ball. Maybe if he doesn't do that, the Bucs don't advance past the Saints. So I'm excited, man. 
I think the Bucks aren't going to make it back to the Super Bowl. Though. <laughs> I know I, I gassed everyone up, but no, nah, I don't think they're going to make it. I mean, they, they, they could, dude. They really could. Definitely. They definitely can, though. They, they, it's more it's more than likely going to happen. Like I said from the last Super Bowl episode that we had, it's more than likely that's going to be the same exact matchup. Has that ever happened before? You know, we have the same exact two teams in the Super Bowl back-to-back. I think it can happen. I really think I think it should happen because I think Mahomes needs a mulligan on that one because I firmly believe he's the next GOAT. I feel like that one episode where we had and we were comparing Mahomes to Jordan I almost feel like we're shoving our foot in our mouths right now watching that Super Bowl because it was the complete opposite. It was, I mean, don't get me wrong, Mahomes was doing magic tricks on the field, but he lost really badly. And Tom Brady kind of sat him down, like sunned him. I really hope that it's a rematch between the two teams because Mahomes deserves a repeat on that one. He deserves a rematch. Definitely. And to that point, I was one of the main people on the Mahomes bandwagon. I was riding the bandwagon all season. Every time we did picks, I picked them, even though they weren't covering the spread most of the time. So they were letting me down a little bit, but they were still winning. They lost, what, one game this season or two games, and one they didn't even play the starters. So I still think Mahomes is great like that. I just think after losing Tom Brady at this stage in both of their careers, that it's going to be really hard for me when I'm making my final rankings, you know, when it's all said and done, to put Patrick Mahomes over Tom Brady. We've just seen it too many times now. We've seen Tom Brady overcome every single time. Every time you think they're going to lose, it seems like he makes just a couple plays, and it's nothing spectacular. There's nothing like the Patrick Mahomes play where he's running, gets tripped, Throwing the ball parallel to the ground. Nah, it's nothing like that. He just drops back, makes the reads, hits the players. And he's just the most consistent quarterback of all time, which makes him the greatest to me. And to 90% of the people out there, it seems. So, yeah, you never bet against Tom Brady. You can't do it. And I learned the hard way multiple times now. I I finally think I learned my lesson. No, I've, it's funny you say that. It was the opposite for me, actually. I, I just kept saying, you don't bet against Tom Brady. And I've won money off of that guy plenty of times. So it's like, I, as much as I hate to say, I, my heart wants Tom Brady to lose every time. My brain always says, man, no, trust me. I've, like the Atlanta game, you know, Atlanta, New England, I won money that year. I lost money that year. I won money <laughs> at halftime, mind you. While they were trailing 28 points, I put $50 down and said, Tom Brady's going to come back and win. And I won $50 at the half. And then um, what was the next game that I uh, – what was the one the one game that I bet on? I think it was a playoff game. I forget, but I, I put money on that game, and I won. Oh, no, it was this year. It was the game against Green Bay. And I put – I bet money with Wayne Moody – that the Bucks are going to win, and I, I won money off that. We got to get him on here at some point so he can defend himself. No, nah, we do. I'm, you know, actually, he and I talked about before before we uh, started this up, he and I talked about doing a podcast. So we should, dude, he would be, a, he's a character. We should we should probably have him, have him on as, like, just a special uh, commentator on here one day, and you know what I mean, and uh, see if he likes it, so. Definitely, yeah, because I was gonna say it seems like your boy. You talk about him a lot. Obviously, I know him too. So oh, oh no, we yeah, we go back and forth. And we you've even been involved in a couple of conversations. Oh, we, definitely. Uh, you know, people who debate sports, I'm hopping in. <laughs> it was it was two Philly fans against two skins fans. Like it was 
Gotta get it. Remember that? That was a good one. Yeah, we were going back. We were going at it for sure. We won though. I think we won that one though. We, we definitely shut them up. Hey, <laughs> like, hey, if you're talking about me, I always think I won every argument. So exactly. <laughs> people like to give up after a while, you know, but we keep going. <laughs> definitely, definitely. But yeah, moving on, talk about some of the other moves here. The Ravens picked up Sammy Watkins. They were reported to be going after Kenny Galladay. They missed on that one. Missed on Juju. I'm sure they went after some other receivers, but what do you think about them getting Sammy Watkins now? I like it. That's what they needed. That's what they needed. But Sammy Watkins, though, because I'm not a big believer in him. I mean, he's he's talented. He's an, he's an athlete. I remember him when he played in Buffalo. He was pretty solid, even though he was kind of like lost in all the traffic in, in Kansas City. I mean, you know, when you have a receiver like Tariq Hill, it's easy for someone like Walk- Sammy Watkins to just, hey, you know, just, 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 just sit on the sideline for a minute. You know, let's let Tariq do this. You know, it's easy. So take Sammy Watkins out of that receiving core, put him somewhere where he's really needed, and that's where you're going to highlight his attributes and highlight the caliber of a player that he is. So we're going to see whether Sammy Watkins is still Sammy Watkins that came out of Clemson and, and, you know, wowed people in Buffalo. I think that's a great pick. Lamar Jackson in and of himself is a weapon. So whether Sammy Watkins outperforms him or not, he's a weapon nonetheless to add to Lamar Jackson's arsenal. So I think it fits. You don't really need much talent at wide receiver for them to be successful. And they proved that this year, having even gone to the playoffs and actually winning a playoff game with virtually no talent on the outside. So adding a name like Sammy Watkins is an upgrade, in my opinion. Definitely a good pick on that. Yeah, I guess I would agree with that. I mean, he's definitely better than what they had. Obviously, they have Hollywood Brown, but he seems to me like a big play, deep threat type of receiver, like a hopefully a young Deshaun Jackson, if he can get to that. Deshaun Jackson was a beast, so I'm not saying that he is Deshaun Jackson by any means, but I think that's kind of like his ceiling. So, yeah, I do think they need a possession receiver. And like you said, they run the ball so much. They don't need Kenny Galladay, honestly. And I think that's a big reason why guys like Kenny Galladay and Juju Smith decided to go elsewhere is because they know if they come to Baltimore, they're not going to get their stats like they have been getting. They're not going to throw the ball enough. They already have Mark Andrews. He's the number one target because there's still questions about Lamar Jackson's accuracy, especially passing outside the numbers. I do think part of that is having no receivers, but also I just think he's a lot more comfortable hitting Mark Andrews over the middle. And I think that's how the offense is set up. Run the ball, use that play action. Mark Andrews, the first option. So getting Sammy, I think it would be solid, but I've seen a lot of Ravens fans. I'm kind of in the Baltimore area now. So I'm around a lot more Ravens fans than normal. And I've been seeing a lot of people like super excited about this. And I'm Telling him, you know, pump the brakes. Sammy Watkins is not number one superstar receiver. Like he's solid. Don't get me wrong. He's solid. He can play a role. He beat Richard Sherman in that Super Bowl in a very clutch situation. So he can get it done occasionally. But I'm not seeing this as like, oh, this puts the Ravens over the top or anything like that. Definitely Sammy Watkins, to answer your question, definitely does make a difference in, in Baltimore, especially since they're already a playoff team. Let's see what happens. Maybe that's what it needs. That that extra play could take him to the championship game, could help him win the division. Right. So maybe just a higher seed in the playoffs. Even just that, it's an upgrade nonetheless, and it is an improvement based off of last season. You know, I felt like last season there was so many question marks, and, oh, they're 11-5, and, and they're the – who were they, like, 
third in their division or something, right? Were they under Cleveland or, or above? I think they were. I think they were. They, third. I think they ended up above Cleveland, actually. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 Because yeah, Cleveland lost their last game of the season, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah. it was it was a tight race in the AFC North, and it's going to be a tight race again this season. I guarantee you, especially with Big Ben coming back in Pittsburgh. You know, it's it's, it's going to be a fight, just like it is every year. One um, of the better divisions for sure. Definitely one of the better divisions. Definitely a, a interesting scenario for Baltimore. Let's see how it pans out for them. Yeah, definitely. And I guess kind of the other side of that, the Chiefs went out and re-signed Demarcus Robinson, the wide receiver. He's been pretty low in the depth chart, but he's made some plays. Obviously, he's been on TV more because Patrick Mahomes is throwing him the ball. So we know of him. He's not like a star or anything like that. But I don't know. I think he's going to be pretty solid. Like if you're a fantasy guy looking for a receiver later in the draft, I think he's going to put up some solid numbers just playing in the offense with Patrick Mahomes, getting more clock. So we'll see what happens with that. They still got Miko Hardman. Like you mentioned, everybody knows Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. So I don't think they're hurting off the Sammy Watkins move either. So I think sometimes, you know, moves are good for everybody. Like a lot of people are like, oh, who won or lost this move? But I don't think the Chiefs needed Sammy Watkins, and I don't think his skill set fit really what they're looking for anyway. So. Right. Yep. Who knows if he's even going to fit Baltimore's skill set. I think he will because he's yeah. not that – you know, he's not that every, hey, let's look towards – let's try to get the ball to Sammy, try to get the ball to Sammy. He's not that anymore. He was at one point a couple years. He's just not that anymore. And Baltimore isn't that kind of offense anyway. They're not going to put the ball in the receiver's hands. They're keeping it in Lamar's hands. And in case, yeah. trouble, in case trouble gets to him, then then you put it in the receiver's hands. Who better than someone like Sammy Watkins to just be that safety blanket for a scrambling quarterback? Like you said, a possession receiver, a player who can get yards after a catch, get in the end zone, who knows what it feels like to get, the t- get in the end zone and win games. He's been a part of a Super Bowl winning team. He's been in a struggling offense before coming out of college. So he's been all over all over the spectrum in the NFL as far as what kind of team he, he had around him. And right now he's coming to a fresh team that's already talented, that's already in the playoffs. So he's adding just a little more depth, a little more experience, athleticism. I like it, man. I think Baltimore is going to be serious with Sammy. They're going to be able to play around with him a little more. He might have a lot more effect on the team positively than any than everyone thinks because his name was just overshadowed by everyone else around him in Kansas City so definitely excited to see you know his career be revitalized for sure bro for sure I guess we can move on talk about another wide receiver who's staying with his team for a good little while now and that's Tyler Lockett he re-signed with the Seahawks for four years 69.2 million dollar extension 37 million of that guarantee so he got himself a little bag I'm happy for him I think he's a good receiver I don't know if he's worth that much money because that's like 17 18 mil a year I don't know if I'm that high on him but I'm never hating on a guy getting his money I feel like that's like the 10th time I said that this offseason but hey you can say it more and more times, say it a hundred more times because it's more than true. Cause Tyler Lockett, he's been there, done that, and he's he ain't going nowhere. He's not the kind of receiver who's on the sidelines injuring, you know, recovering from an injury. You know, he's there on the field. That's why Seattle wants him there. Cause Tyler Lockett, man, the Seahawks couldn't have won half the games without Tyler Lockett this year. Of course, they got DK Metcalf on the other side, but you need your double threat receiving core. 
in an offense like that, you know, the running game is okay. And then you have to also consider, oh, I got two dynamite receivers on the outside and a quarterback that can go there and get the first down real quick, use his football IQ. So I mean, they have a very, very dynamic, versatile offensive scheme. And a player like Tyler Lockett, who's quick and shifty, who can really beat you up the middle of the field and doesn't really get injured like that, you need someone like that. And he is kind of the prototypical wide receiver in today's NFL. You know, that slot receiver, that guy who can go up there and get it and take a hit and get up, line up, and get ready for the next play. And that's the kind of offense that Seattle has. They're very quick, no huddle. Let's get back on the ball, chuck it downfield. You know, that they, they're very fast-paced, and Tyler Lockett is perfect for that scheme. So that was definitely a big priority on their list. $17 million a year, yeah, it's a little high for a player who's getting up there in age somewhat. But he means a lot to that franchise. So and and, and it, it's a little bit more than how old are you kind of thing for them to consider. It's more or less like you've done this for us. You keep doing this for us. And here's what you're going to get in the meantime. So definitely Seattle's offense. They're all the way together. They just got to get their defense together man, and they might do something this year. Yeah, and to that point, it's a little funny, you know, seeing Seattle not being good at defense and being one of the top offenses in the league because when Russell Wilson came in, it was the exact opposite. It was the Legion of Boom. It was defense. It was run the ball with Marshawn Lynch. And Russell Wilson, you just make plays, but don't lose us the game. Now, I feel like it's the complete opposite. Russell Wilson, win us the game because the defense is going to give up probably 30 points. We need you to just outscore the other team at this point. And it's crazy to me that transition over what, well, I guess Russ Wilson's been in the league like 10 years now. So it's been a long time. We get no, that's what I'm gathering from that. <laughs> just realized, dang, Russell Wilson, a 10 year veteran in the NFL. Ridiculous, man. Cause well, he came in at what? 12. He came in with RG three yeah, and luck. Yeah. Third round. Yeah. And who would have thought, you know, RG3 and Luck, all the talk, going one and two in the draft. Not Neither of them are really starting. Neither of them are playing. One of them isn't even playing. Yeah, Luck's retired, and RG3, I think he got released from the Ravens, so he might be out of the league this year, too. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, That's yeah. Right. I remember there were there was rumors about RG3 coming back to Washington. I was like, hell no. Yeah, nope, nope. I don't think he'll ever come back here. he probably retired before that happens. All right. I wouldn't come back here for him. I wouldn't either. Man. We did him wrong, man. 100%. We did. He didn't do himself no favors, though, but hey, right. we yeah. can talk about that another time for sure. But if you do want to talk about our team, you can mention them a little bit. We made a little move. That thing's going to fly under the radar for most people, but I wanted to talk about it because I think it's a solid move. They signed Adam Humphreys, the Washington football team that is, to a one-year deal. I like it, man. He's going to be at a slot receiver probably. We're getting real nerdy here because we're football team fans, but that means Steven Sims probably going to be gone, and I am not a big fan of Steven Sims. If you're listening to this and you don't know who Steven Sims is, good. Like, don't even look him up. It'd be a waste of your time. But <laughs> to that point, I think Adam Humphreys with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Then we got the two receivers on the outside with Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel. I think this team is going to be explosive this year. Watch out, man. I'm getting too excited. It could go really good or it could go really bad because every time I've been excited like this in the past, they always let me down. So I'm very nervous, but I want to get your thoughts on this. So my thought now, yes, you have a point there. It's unwise to be a Washington football team fan and to get excited into the season. It's very unwise to do that. 
However, there's one thing I like about this team that's different, and that's the culture. That's Ron Rivera and staff holding it down. They have the keys to the franchise. Dan Snyder taking sole ownership of the team now. He bought out all minority ownership. So there's I a lot. hate him, man. Why I, know, you- I hate Dan Snyder, too. I'm not going to lie. I feel like he's a lot to blame for our problems ever since he took over. But it could be because there was so much conflict and ownership. Like, oh, no, we own this much of the of the franchise. You need to listen to us type of thing. Now, whatever he says goes. And one thing I do know about Dan Snyder is he did fight to keep Washington, Washington, keep everything the same and traditional. So that means he's a fan first. So who knows what was going on behind the scenes in ownership? Now we're going to find out what Dan Snyder does and doesn't do, I think. I hope not. I hope not. I hope we're going to, regardless, we're going to find out what Dan Snyder really wants to do with this team, whether he's good or or whether he's toxic. We're going to find out this year. There's no one else with their hands in the pot right now. It's just him. But I think we know that Dan Snyder is toxic. We've all seen the reports coming out. They've done some unsavory things. I'm just going to leave it at that because I don't want to get into all the allegations because it's bad. It's really bad. What's oh. been talking about what's been going on at Redskins Park, as they used to be called. And for this context, oh, yeah. I'm going to say that because it wasn't a good culture. And it's bad. It seems like it all stems from him. And that seems to be all the reports. And obviously, like you said, since he's bought the team, it's been constant letdown. It's been constant bad news. It's been constant players in the media, coaches in the media, leaks to the press. And I think it all boils down to him. Him owning 100% of the team now gives me even more pause. But I was going to say, I hope, I hope the recent reports are true, that he's kind of stepped out of the way. And he's really given the keys to Ron Rivera to run this thing how he wants to run it. Obviously, I'm not going to question Dan Snyder's business acumen and his skills at getting business deals done and things. Obviously, this man owns Six Flags. He's done good things in the business world. He knows how to make money. I'm not questioning that. But like you said, he's just a fan. Honestly, if he's been doing all these moves and everything, how much of really in the football world is he? So I don't think he should ever make any football decisions. And I think that's been a huge problem. I think the reports were that he was the main guy saying that we need to get Dwayne Haskins. And none of the coaching staff really wanted him. So you can't do that. Well, even the, Jerry Jones doesn't even Jerry Jones don't go that far. I don't feel like. And that's the thing is he's giving Rivera and staff those keys. They have those keys. Rivera took charge of this. Wasn't it Rivera who, who drafted this year? Yeah. Yeah. Draft really good and this year. And, and look, look at who we're getting in free agency. We have an unbelievable draft uh, receiving core right now. Unbelievable. Going from last year, we had no receiving core. Right. And our defense, easily top five. Going from the year before when we were not very good at defense. It's it's ridiculous how in one season, not even a full season, if you think about it. A COVID season. Not even a full off season. Our team really transformed themselves. It's because of the culture and the leadership. And that's what's being done that's different right now is that Rivera has the keys and there's a lot of experience and expertise on the sideline there to where no matter who we pick up, man, they're going to be, they're going to get better in this, in this franchise. And that's, what's the most important. I've also heard rumors about Devonte Smith coming to Washington and, and that being a possibility in certain mock drafts. 
that just add more a little more depth to that receiving core I don't see why that can be a possibility we're not hurting for quarterback right now I mean more or less but why not add to add more depth our defense is solid really the only needs that we're really going into this season is at the receiver position we have Logan Thomas at tight end why not add a little more depth at receiver dude our team is freaking awesome right now I feel the see, most confident. That's what gives me pause is that right there. Every time, because I felt like this in the past, after the RG3 season, the first year, I'm thinking, yeah, he's going to come back off this ACL. It's going to be fine. AP came back off the ACL and he was great. So I'm thinking we're going to be good again. We've never been good since then. Even before then, man, we would make the playoffs one time and then it just seems like every single time it just comes crashing back down. And I got to deal with all of my stupid friends who decide that we got to make fun of Chris because his team sucks. And they better not do it to me again. That's all I'm saying. Don't do this to me again because I'm getting excited and I'm terrified. I wish I knew that feeling because all my friends are Redskins fans anyway. I don't I don't make friends with other NFL fans like, no, i'm just kidding but we really, uh, we really should man they yeah, seem to hate us yeah for yeah. no reason i didn't even do forget anything them. man forget them they didn't even do anything but i have to say this is a little different because the last time we did have this much hype built around us we didn't really have anybody that was good i mean rg3 was the person that we were banking off of and if you, if right. you think about it that was a very vain way of looking at it because we went for the qb back then this time we're going for the knees we're going for our defensive guys we've built our defense up already we have depth that's key is we have depth that's what's different about this squad we don't even really have a, a quarterback right we really don't we don't have a quarterback not for the future at least i think we got fits for this year but it's that's about it, it. it's a question mark right there a double question mark at qb right now 100 percent. Because, that's because we're working on the infrastructure right now. we're still building we're in rebuild phase still. And right now we're building everything. We're building the fence. And all we need to do is put the house down, that QB right there in the middle. And we're set. Because, like, if you think about it, if you put a QB into a good situation, a young QB, and he acclimates well to the NFL, and every, if everything else kind of, like, comes down little by little, you know, players start getting older, they start retiring, get traded away, whatever, that quarterback is still there, acclimated to the NFL, can operate, can control an offense, no matter how bad a team can get. He's already acclimated. You know, he was put into a good system. And that's where we went wrong with RG3, throwing him to the Wolves like that. Yes, we were a 10 and 16, but can you imagine if we had other pieces set first when he came in and solid offensive line, a great defense like we have right now? We really didn't even have a great receiving core back then. Just imagine, like, what we would have done with him had we had better pieces around or, or a little more wisdom on the sideline. Dude, it's just different. It feels so different this year. Like, there's more control in our franchise. So, I'm really excited to see what happens. So, Definitely. Definitely. I'm going to take your word for it, too. You were the guy that came on here, your first ever appearance on the Sports Nerds, and predicted that we would win the division. So, I got to give you some credit. Obviously, I gave you credit in the past, but I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt on this one. And I'm going to keep getting excited. So, if they let us down... I'm going to holler at you. <laughs> yeah. You know what? And that's the thing. I, I've, I've said plenty of crazy things on the, on this show already that people are probably like, what? But, you know, sometimes, you know, you just got to have, you just got to think things. Think outside the box. You know, it happens, man. Group think is 
a terrible thing in our society. And I think that every day that's part of the reason that we started this podcast is because when you turn on the TV, you see the same voices. You see the same people saying the same things. It seems like there's two sides to every argument. And I'm sitting back thinking, I don't agree with either of these people. So I feel like, like I said, that's why we started this in the first place is, hey, if you have a difference of opinion, don't be afraid to speak up. You might be right and everybody else might be wrong. It's happened over and over and over, especially in sports. So yeah, we're going to keep doing that. If, like you said. And to that point, for all the people out there, if anybody's listening to this right now, you might have a different opinion than us, than the people on TV, than everybody. We want to hear that. We want to get you on the show. We want to get the people's opinions on here because that's why we started. I always say this is a show for the people, by the people. You know, we're the people too. We're in the same position as everybody else. We're not some big ESPN guy that's working at Sports Center, and he might have to say some things that the network wants him to say. Look, we're going to say whatever we feel on here, and that's what it is. So let us we know how you voice. feel too, man. We want everyone's voice to be heard here. So definitely reach out to us and uh, give us your take. And we might even mention you on the show next week. Say, you know what? Hey, so-and-so made a really good point. Good way to look at it. Shout you out. That's what we want. We want to involve our listeners more and more. Don't be shy, man. If you if there's something that you disagree with, or if there's something that you agree with, or if there's something that's completely out of left field, let us hear it, man. Let us hear it. The amount of times I've gotten dirty looks in some uh sports conversations and just in any in any like setting, man. It's like whatever. But it came true most of the time, you know what I'm saying? So it's like hey. you can't argue. So talk your stuff. You know, so definitely don't don't feel shy. Reach out to us. We'd love to hear more from you guys. Definitely, definitely. I guess from there, I wanted to read off a couple more signings. We don't really have to go through them unless you want to talk about any of these guys. Starting with the Raiders, they signed Willie Sneed, previously from the Ravens, to a one-year deal. The Bills signed running back Matt Burita to a one-year deal. Cardinals picked up Colt McCoy to be their backup. They also picked up Malcolm Butler, former Super Bowl savior, to play corner. Super Bowl Messiah. Yeah, yeah. He man, we can talk about that play for a second though, if you want. Because I'm highly upset. Was oh, I was too, man. You know, I didn't want to see Tom Brady keep winning and winning and winning. And yeah. I, I guess people say I hate greatness, but man, come on, man. Like, they oh. had the game won. Yeah, that wasn't even on Brady for real. That was I don't consider that a Brady win, a Brady Super win. I, I consider that a Seahawks loss in the Super Bowl <laughs> because who does that? They had about the one-yard line with that? the best power back in the NFL at the time. Yes, bro. And wow. actually, I'm glad they were bringing this up because I wanted to talk about this, and it might be a little controversial, but I mean, I've heard other people say it, but I honestly believe that they didn't give Marshawn Lynch the ball at the one-yard line because he was the guy that didn't want to talk to the media. He was the guy that, I don't care about all this extra stuff. I'm just here to play football. I'm here to do my job, get paid, and go home. And there's nothing wrong with that. He's a good guy from everything that I hear, and I really think they didn't want to give him the ball because they didn't want him to be Super Bowl MVP. They wanted it to be Russell Wilson. And because of that, Look what's happened. They've never been back to the Super Bowl. The team disbanded. The de- Everyone was mad about that call. And I think it just goes to show, man. 
including Marshawn Lynch. That's why he retired. That's why he retired. That's why he left Seattle, because they didn't want to give him the ball. Everyone knew the ball. Everyone knew the ball was going to Marshawn Lynch, but no. They wanted, honestly, they wanted Russell Wilson to be the savior of that game. They wanted Russell Wilson to be kind of the sheriff, you know, the the new face. Yeah. Hey, you know what? They wanted him to be the one to bring Brady down, basically, to win the back-to-back Super Bowl, take it away from Brady. They wanted that. I think it was, it was not really anything against Marshawn Lynch. It was more what they were trying to give to Russell Wilson. And Marshawn Lynch took that personal. If you think about it, that's why he retired. That's why he retired that year. That was his last season as a Seattle Seahawks. So you're not wrong for thinking that. And that's not a, that's not an unreasonable insinuation. So 100%, that was a Seattle Seahawks loss more than it was a Patriots win. It was, uh, it was a Malcolm Butler win. It was a Malcolm Butler win. <laughs> yeah, definitely a Malcolm Butler win because nobody has stopped talking about it. Every time you hear that name, Malcolm Butler. It's the only thing I think about did he ever even do anything else? Like when he was on the Titans, was he even good? I don't know. Oh no. It's I don't like, know. It's like after making a play like that, he got like a skill point, like just yeah, like added to his arsenal just because it's like, oh, you have one of the greatest moments in NFL history. Like, yeah, we're we'll always remember you. Yeah, you will always be at least a 93 overall in Madden because of that. So yeah, the moments cards. Yeah, yep. <laughs> don't throw a slant on him. <laughs> Yeah, don't ever do that, especially if it's within five yards of the goal line. So but, definitely. I mean, I, I like it, though. I mean, you know, like when you said Malcolm Butler going to Arizona, I like my eyes. wide. you know what I mean? Like it was just like, what? So, I mean, I like it, but I guess you know, they don't have Patrick Peterson anymore. So they need someone with a little bit of expertise and athleticism. So I like that one. Um, what was the other pick you were saying? There was another signing. Oh, yeah. The Raiders getting a little sneed. I like that one a lot. Interesting, because I think Willie Sneed's just no. I, he's just a guy, like no. He's a he's a stud, man. I like I like Willie Sneed. Where did he come out of? He didn't he come out of uh? I don't know where he went to college, but I know he played on the Saints for a while. I think he came out of Notre Dame. Yeah, he came out of Notre Dame. I'm pretty sure. Don't quote me on that. So you're just a fighting Irish fan all of a sudden now. Who me? Yeah, I know you was hyping up Will Fuller last week, too. Yeah, I dude, no, I'm not going to lie. Both of those guys I, I've, I've seen coming out of college, and I like them both. But, you know, I like Snead to Las Vegas. They already have a nice tight end in a running game, and and they have, and that quarterback of theirs is pretty darn good. Um, no, he's not. <laughs> pretty darn good, in my opinion. <laughs> but, listen, I really think with Henry Ruggs there, that's a nice little receiving core, if you ask me. That is a nice little receiving for really neat. They got Henry Ruggs, Darren Waller. You can't ask for a better group of guys if you ask me. So we're gonna I'll take your word for it. I, I but with that, whenever you listen to this, have a good day, night, morning, whatever it is. And keep nerding it up.